Over the last few weeks, I've had a number of episodes centered around interviewing for UX positions. Today, I'm jumping on the other side of the table and talking tips for hiring the right UX candidate. Here we go. Well, we spent several episodes talking to designers just getting into the field about how to nail their next UX interview. I also recognize that many of you are also beginning to get into the position of hiring candidates for your team. With great power comes great responsibility. I've broken it down into a few tips that I rely on to not only get the right talent in, but to do it efficiently. You need to be selective of the candidates you bring in for in-person interviews. This doesn't mean only vet a couple candidates each time a position comes around, but note that having someone come into your office will cost your company time and money. Therefore, I cast a large net. After marketing the job position, I'll hold phone interviews based on the resumes or portfolios that stand out. Say I collect 40 candidates for a single job, I'll narrow it down to 15 or 20 phone interviews. Then I'll bring in five to seven people for in-person interviews. In-person interviews are a time commitment, not only for you, but for all those involved. As the hiring manager, the time commitment doesn't start and end with just the hour-long interview. It's the prep work beforehand and the conversations that take place afterwards. Additionally, your coworkers or peers who are involved in the interview will be committing their time as well. It's not reasonable to take three of my coworkers away from their work for more than five to seven in-person interviews. They have deadlines and commitments as well beyond just this hire. Utilize programs like HireVue to whittle down a large number of candidates. Look for personalities that you could see working for you and for your team. Then schedule phone interviews. Whittle it down further. After your in-person interviews, you'll whittle it all the way down to just having your plan A and maybe your plan B candidate. I mentioned the time commitment of your peers. You could try to do this all on your own, but don't. Get others involved as well. You might find it's embarrassing to conduct an interview if it's not something you're used to, but don't let that shame stand in the way of finding the right candidate and including others will help you achieve that. After interviews are completed, you'll want to set aside time to gather their feedback, see what they thought, the pros and cons. Make it a group decision on the candidate you hire. This will alleviate any extra pressure on you making the wrong decision and will build a culture of inclusivity when the candidate starts on their first day. Now, when you've got your candidate in for an interview, recognize what it is you are there to assess. If you really vetted out the candidates beforehand, then you know they are in-person interviewing because they are qualified. You're no longer vetting qualification, you're vetting fit. Fit is both process and culture. You wanna find out maybe if their process is rigid or flexible. There's pros and cons to each. What's your company culture needing? If they're rigid and your company needs flexible, are they going to be happy in that position? If they love the research phase, but your company doesn't have a strong culture of research, will they be happy in rushing that step? If they need a ton of collaboration from development, but your company culture prefers to let the designers make the straight hand off to development without including them earlier, will they be happy in that position? Ask a variety of questions to help uncover these types of things. Example questions can be as easy as this. What's your design process like? And what's your favorite part of that process? Or what part of your design process needs strengthening? On the note of asking questions, you'll know that I love to vet out my candidates for their soft skills. I've said this in past podcasts, 
but I love asking really tough questions and really easy questions for two different reasons. I'll ask the tough questions to see if they'll come up with an answer clear out of thin air, or will they take time to understand the question or problem being presented before answering? These response types give me a look into their curiosity and teachability, and maybe even their level of arrogance versus humility. I'll ask really dumb questions. I might ask a question that they previously answered because I want to know how they handle the, the situation when a dumb question gets asked. Do they belittle me? Or do they roll their eyes in impatience? Or do they kindly come back to the point they made previously? And do they do that tactfully? These are all things that I love to see get exposed. At the end of my interviews, I'll always ask them for questions as well. You'll really see what candidates have been listening and what candidates have taken the time to do their research beforehand. I think you answered everything is really the worst response they can give. How is that even possible? At the very least, maybe you've got some business questions or product development questions or heck, even logist logistical. I've looked at the website listing and didn't see anything about the benefits plan is a better answer than I think you answered everything. When answering questions, I try to be as transparent as possible. Try not to oversell the position. Ultimately, you want a candidate who's going to stick around for a while. Trying to pull the wool over their eyes and mislead them in the position will just keep them from being happy when they do get the position. If they're the right fit, they're the right fit. Don't force it. You won't be happy, they won't be happy, and nobody wins. One last word. If you've interviewed them on the phone or in person, be the hiring manager that reaches out to give them feedback. I can't tell you how often I hear candidates tell me that they've been rejected but never heard back. Why? Take notes in the interviews. Follow up with your peers who are a part of it. Um, use those notes to give the candidate feedback on how they can improve for their next opportunity. Lastly, I try and state this in all my follow-up emails or conversations. The local design community is small, and although we may not cross paths now, we just might in the future. Keep in touch, and who knows what happens later on. And that's the truth. The design community is smaller than you think. Be a positive force in that community. Help where you can help. Try and lift those around you. You never know when you might need their help later on. Is this process foolproof? Not a chance. But implementing these techniques have helped me avoid situations I've already put myself in over the years. Trial and error. Try out these techniques and let me know how it goes. Maybe you've got something different you do, and I want to hear that as well. Thanks for catching another episode of Design Today. I'll see you next week.